Hey, this is Kim's Corner, where we like to heal, empower, and create. I figured I'd start a podcast because, frankly, I really love to talk. In high school, I got most talkative, and it's kind of been a constant theme in my life. So I figured, you know, I've got some stuff out there. Um, I've written a book called P.E. for the Soul. It's a memoir. I have a blog called kimscorner.me, and I've got some videos, and I've got some online courses out there. But I figured I would start doing a podcast because, to me, talking is pretty easy. And I figured, well, let's just get this started. I'd like to I'd like to do some podcasts with various themes, some of the themes I've talked about, like relationships, uh, parenting, uh, mental illness, and the labels we give ourselves, um, authenticity, and following your soul's path. So there are some themes and some podcasts I'd like to do, but I'm just going to start with parenting. Parenting is a trip. So I'd like to have a series of podcasts on this one theme, Parenting is a Trip, because it is, right? And the reason why I'm choosing this one right now is because of the whole talk that's going on right now in regard to that whole college scandal and how these parents, you know, cheated to get their kiddos into college. And it's just a huge talking point right now. So I figured I'd start there. And... I'm going through that myself, meaning my son is graduating from high school and it's time for him to go to college. And, you know, it's been really hard to kind of like it's been really hard to kind of sit back and 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 not, you know, want to do things for him. It's his choice. On the same token, we need to be parents. There's this thing called the middle way. Right. So what I mean by that is. Back in the olden days, right, the way we used to treat our children were, it was very authoritarian, very punitive, very shame-filled, and it was just all about, you know, my way or the highway, and don't talk back to elder. You know, it was just very, very, very strict. And over the years with the sign, you know, with studies and this and that, they realized, yeah, I don't know if that's really working. And so what happened is they went completely to the opposite end where it was like, let's have our children, you know, there've been books written about this, about let our children lead and, you know, let them make up their minds about this and that. And it just seemed like it went too far over in the other direction where, you know, five-year-olds are trying to decide where they're going to go to school or letting, you know, the parents are letting them choose. And honestly, to me, that just feels really, really, really overwhelming as a child to be making these huge adult decisions. So I feel like there's a middle way where there's nothing wrong with boundaries and structure and follow through, and you, but it can be done with love and empathy and compassion. So there's this like middle way. That's at least what I try to do. So with, with my son, that's what we've been trying to do is not just say, well, figure it out. I wish you well, you know, send him on his way. We're trying to ask him a lot of questions to help him figure out who he is and what he wants. I mean, that's our job, right? We want to raise kids that are feel good about who they are, feel strong and capable, and they're going to go out into the world and they feel good about who we are. We don't want to, we don't want to like tear them down, you know, and make them feel like they can't decide things on their own or, or as these parents did, make decisions for them or, 
you know, do things for them because the unspoken message you're giving them is, I don't think you can handle it. And that's sad because that does affect self-esteem and self-worth. So I feel like there is this middle way of, you know, having structure and boundaries and uh, limits and follow through, but you can do it with love and empathy. I mean, just our kids are our greatest, greatest teachers, and we can have such incredible teaching moments for them as well. There's, there's a woman called Dr. Becky Bailey, and I cannot recommend her enough. She really goes into all these topics really deeply, and she has book on books on parenting and uh, schools use her. It's evidence-based, and I, I can't recommend her enough. Um, Dr. Becky Bailey. Check her out. Yeah, so uh, here's an example. When my son was little, um, we had some, you know, set things set up where if he did blank, then this was the consequence, you know. And honestly, I think parents get really, really, really overwhelmed and they don't know what to do when when um, they don't have a plan, right? So the child is just you know, doing this and doing that and, and, and you're trying this and you're trying that and it's not working and you just don't feel like you have a plan and you feel powerless. And that's when everyone loses. I think it's important to kind of figure out what's the issue with your child? What is going on? And then you can make a plan together. I mean, Dr. Becky Billy does talk about that and, you know, having team, having meetings. I mean, we do that in the school. You can do that at home. You can have family meetings. You can come up with, hey, you know, listen to each other. Have everyone listen to each other. But then come up with a plan that supports everyone. Again, there's that middle way. It's not just my way, the highway, and it's not just the child just does whatever they want. It's let's come together and figure this out. This is what I need. What do you need? What's going on? Why are you doing this? Right? And you have this like meeting and minds come together and you come up with this plan. Well, anyway, that will make that will make adults feel empowered and not so powerless with their children. So basically, I remember this one time where he was really little and I don't remember what he did. Maybe I don't, I honestly can't even remember what the situation was. I just remember that he had a consequence and he had to go to bed and didn't get to do something maybe that he wanted to do. And he was crying. And, you know, sometimes parents, like they hate that feeling of their child crying. They just hate it. And so then they get mad at them. And it's like, if you get mad at them, and they're not allowed to get upset and they're not allowed to grieve and cry. They're just going to bottle that up and it's going to go into their body and come out some some other way. I mean, there's nothing good that comes from that. And so my point is uh, there was some consequence. There was some follow through and he was crying. And then I just sat with him. I just sat with him and I grieved with him and, you know, he was crying and I allowed him to cry and I held him and and I gave empathy, and empathy is just repeating back. It's just repeating back what you're hearing. Like, I'm so sad that I didn't get to do blank, blank, blank. And it's like, you're just repeating back. You're just saying, I hear you. You're really upset that you didn't get to do that. And you're not changing anything. You're not rescuing them. You're not taking away their angst. You're allowing, allowing them to feel that. You're allowing them to grieve, but you're there with them. You're giving compassion and empathy. Those are like the greatest, greatest teaching moments. Those are the greatest teaching moments I've had with my child where there was some consequence that had to happen and it was hard. I didn't want to do it because I'm I'm very empathic and I feel things and I 
I get sad when they're sad, but just holding firm because maybe I'm following this plan that we created, just holding firm and giving empathy and compassion and, and just letting them know, I hear you, I hear you and I see you, but you're not giving in either. You're having that follow through. Those to me are the most amazing teaching moments. And you're also giving social skills, right? You're teaching them that they've got this, that they can handle it, that they're not going to wither away and die because they didn't get what they wanted. You know, like you're giving them a message of, of you've got this, you can handle it. And so their self-esteem grows, their self-confidence, and you're giving them life skills. So in life, when they don't get what they want, they know how to deal with it. They're capable. So I think that's super, super important. And and not to take away their angst and not to, you know, fix things for them, do things for them, because you are giving the unspoken message that I don't believe in you. So there's that one theme. Um Let's see. Yeah, the whole like shame and anger, it, it just doesn't work, right? Because the student's just going to feel, the child's just going to feel really, really bad about themselves. And you want to you wanna build them up, not, not tear them down. And crying, honestly, is a natural expression. And if they're taught, like if you're giving them a message like, stop crying, you're teaching them that they need to like, that, that their feelings are not okay. So that affects their self-esteem and self-confidence. And they're not having this natural expression of having it go through their body and move on. Instead, they're storing it in their body. And like I said, nothing comes from that. So let's talk about the middle way again, right? We we make sacrifices. We need to make, we you know, we're, we're parents. So we're going to make sacrifices for our children. But I think what really comes into play and what the biggest problem is, at least it has been for me, is that when we're saying yes all the time, when we really mean no, right? And and maybe it's because, I mean, who wants to go out in public and have their kids scream and everybody in the store is staring at you or pointing at you or giving this unspoken message like, can't you deal with your kid? What is wrong with you? Don't you know how to discipline your child? I mean. Seriously, think about all the times that you have been in public and your toddler or even an old, even if they were older, just started flipping out and screaming or saying loud things and, and everyone is looking at you and you just want to like crawl in this hole and die. I mean, I've experienced that a million times when my child was little. He was very high spirited is the word I give and very intense. And at times I was literally, again, I, I, I just wanted to give in because it was the, the feelings were so intense. And not only was I embarrassed in public, but the feelings were intense. And I literally remember one day realizing, oh my gosh, I'm actually afraid of his anger. I had to like really come to terms with that. And so I, I, I made this little affirmation. I stuck it on my fr fridge and I'm like, I'm not afraid of your anger. I've got this. I can handle it. So I was giving myself pep talks but it, it helped me kind of fill my cup per se. It helped me kind of feel strong so that I could fall through and, and do what was best for him. Um, uh, there's a couple of things I'm thinking of where, oh my gosh, I just was giving and giving and giving at the expense of myself. So when he was born, he was just a baby. I just knew that I wanted to give him everything. I just wanted to just give him all the love in the world. I wanted to stay home with him. And even though we were broke and poor and we couldn't afford it, I knew that had to happen because that's what I felt like he needed. And, you know, I mean, we, we do project our own 
childhood stuff and wounds, whatever. And, but for whatever reason, we decide we want to raise our kids a certain way. And for me, I had to be home with them, even though we were broke and poor. And I just, I wanted to give him everything. And that was like everything. And, and, you know, like sleep, co-sleeping and nursing on demand and everything, you know, and honestly, like I had a nervous breakdown. Um, I, I realized one day when my child was getting into some stuff, I was trying to do some like work at home just a little bit, just to bring in a little money. And I remember all these files got all over the room and I like lost it. I was just like, and this baby is just being what they're, and who they're supposed to be. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be exploring. And, and I realized I was, I had like the shortest fuse. I, I was on edge. I was sleep deprived. I was exhausted. My cup was completely empty because I stopped listening to my own needs. We do that in relationships too, right? Friendships, relationships, spouse, our kids, where we're saying yes when we really mean no. And what we're doing is depleting ourselves. And then really nobody wins, right? Because they're picking up your energy. They're feeling your resentment or maybe passive aggressiveness is coming out. Nobody wins when you're saying yes, at, you know, when you really mean no at the expense of yourself. I mean, briefly, if you, if you said something to a friend, like if you said yes and you really didn't want to go, then they're picking that up and maybe they're picking up resentment and not, nobody's really having fun. I don't know. It's like an energetic exchange, but if you told them the truth and you were authentic and you're, and you were like, I really don't want to do this, then that would give them a chance to find the right person to do it with them. And then they would all go off and everyone, everyone wins. So giving at the expense of yourself, nobody really wins. They don't. And that was a huge wake up call when I was a baby when I was just giving and giving and giving, and I was so depleted, and I realized I had to make changes. I, 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 I just realized I needed to make changes um, and, and check in with self and ask, who am I and what do I want? And when I talk about self-checks, that's what I'm talking about, is pausing and asking the question, who am I and what do I want in this situation? And then listening to that and honoring it because everybody wins when you do that. And honestly, children are really, really strong and um, they're adaptable and, and we don't give them enough credit. Like they can handle it, you know, stop with the unspoken messages that they just can't handle anything. You know, this is our own projections. It's like, it's like when the, when the child falls down and everyone runs over. Oh, are you okay? You know, and right now you're giving them an unspoken message like, oh, wow, look at all the attention I get when I cry. And like, it's just, and everyone's like treating them like they're this fragile, fragile, fragile butterfly. And they're not, they're really um, strong and capable. And so, you know, it's like, be there for them. Oh yes, you got a wound that must hurt. And but you don't need to like go overboard and just kind of, I don't know, it's, we give unspoken messages all the time. And a lot of times what we're saying is just like these parents, like you can't handle it. I need to protect you. I need to do things for you. I, and honestly, you're giving the message that they can't handle it. It affects their self-esteem, their self-confidence. You know, a child falls over. Oh yes, that must hurt. Or, you know, let's, let's fix it up. 
but not just, you know, making this huge thing. And, and there is an unspoken message with the child of, wow, I get a lot of, a lot of people running to me when I, when I, um, I don't know, when I hurt myself or if I do a little whine and everyone's like, what do you need? What do you need? And you're just, they're just getting these unspoken messages. You know, you can be teaching social skills right from the start. When they start doing a a whiny kind of voice, it's like, oh, talk in a, talk in a way that I can understand you. Talk, talk, match my voice. Talk like I'm talking, match my voice. Say that again so that I can understand you. I need to have some milk, please, or whatever. So you're giving them social skills. If they're going around just, you know, just doing, uh, I don't know. This is as I get older. I'm not talking about babies. I mean, babies, they cry because they don't have the words yet. So you need to be there for them. That's providing their needs, their shelter. They feel cared for and loved. And you're setting the stage really awesome in life. As they get older and they start having words, you can teach them how to speak and ask for things. So, and you're giving them the social skills. So anyway, I kind of went off, off topic a little bit, but I I remember another, another incident was at, at the store where I just was so embarrassed. Like I did not want to deal with a temper tantrum in a store because of other people. And so I just kept giving in. And then one day, you know, I lose it. Right. And that's because I'm saying yes when I really mean no. I had to do self-checks and ask myself, do I really want to buy this for him? You know, I started doing that when I became aware. I I realized when I was getting upset at him that really was no point in me getting upset at him. He is a child. He's doing what children do. They are powerless. They are completely in your control. And and they have to ask for everything. So, of course, they're going to be like children and ask for things when they're in a store. It's normal. To get mad at them serves no good. It makes them feel bad about themselves. And, again, it affects their self-esteem and self-confidence. So, instead, do the self-checks. Hey, who am I and what do I want in this? Do I want to buy this for him? No, I don't. We have things like that at home. I don't want to spend the money for this. So, doing that self-check, then you say no. And if they flip out... Then it's giving them compassion, empathy. I hear you. You really wanted that. You've got this. You've got this, you know, and move on. And if people stare, that's just the way it is. You've, you've got to learn to be okay with that and know and know inside yourself. You're good. You you know what's best for your child. And and to not, try not to let, easier said than done, but try not to let other people get to you. So um, that's what a self-check is. Who am I and what do I want? And when you do that and you listen to yourself, then then everyone wins. You're filling your cup up. You're being authentic, which is a whole other topic that I'd love to get into and explore more in another, in another podcast. But authenticity is checking in with self and asking, who am I and what do I want in this situation? And being real and being true. And when you do that, everyone wins. The, the the child feels your energy, feels how good you feel. You know, it, it nobody wins when you're doing things and you really don't want to. It. You're feeling depleted and it comes out in different ways. It'll come out. It'll seep out in anger or it goes into your body or you get sick. I mean, that's what's happened to me at times in my life when I wasn't listening to myself. Um, you know, I've had some serious, serious like breakdowns in my life all because I, I kind of lost sight of who I was and what I wanted. And that does, that can happen as being a parent. That can totally happen where you're putting your needs on the back burner. 
and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving. And honestly, honestly, for those that have more than one child, I think you all deserve massive medals. I only have one. I cannot imagine having more. Um, I mean, I have at certain points in my life, but seriously, when you have like one is plenty for me. And for those that have two, three, four, five, I'm just like in awe, really in awe. I don't know how you survive. For me, I, I, I don't know. I've had some serious things happen in my life where I kind of went into a dark place and it's all by giving and, and losing sight of who I am. And I think people who are empathic and very sensitive, we kind of have a sense of doing that in our life. You know, we're we're like these people pleasers and we go around, around pleasing other people at the expense of ourselves because, you know, we're empathic and we're sensitive and we want people to be happy. And but then we lose. And so it's a gift to be empathic and sensitive, but it can be a curse if you're not aware you know, and you're not taking care of yourself. And so it's, you know, we do that to keep the peace and whatever. And it, but everyone loses. So self-checks is who am I and what do I want? And then being true and following your heart. And when, when, you know, in dark moments, when I saw somebody or I saw a healer, or I saw somebody I needed to talk to, and they started asking me questions. Like, I'll never forget this one guy, his name was Shannon in Portland. And he was this, this, this guy that I went to see. And all he did was sit and ask me questions. And I remember looking at him and saying, I feel so great when I leave here. And, and he said, that's because all I'm doing is talking about you. Like he was really helping me fill back my cup. Who am I and what do I want? And he really helped me get clear at that point in my life about some things and then was a major catalyst for some major changes that took place and happened. But that is another story all in itself. So parenting is a trip. This is an intro video, intro podcast, I mean, and I just kind of wanted to get it out there and give a little intro. My name is Kim Hiles. I have a, I have a blog called kimscorner.me where we heal, empower, and create. Check it out. 